0: Now uh, to the church. It's good to see all of you. Let's go with me now. We're starting a, a new lesson today. This won't be a series, uh, but it's a new lesson today on Psalms 27. Psalm 27. And while you're turning there, we want to thank the brothers for reading verse 13 and 14. But if you don't mind, I want to move up to verse 11 through verse 14. They read the right verse. But the Spirit is moving me up just a little bit, Jay, uh, to give you just a little bit more of this. and I promise you it won't make the sermon longer. I promise it won't. Uh, but uh, I want to give it to you for your understanding. And I want to sincerely, and I'm serious about this, I want to sincerely thank those of you who have been praying for me in your private prayers. I told you I want to be the best vessel that I can be, the healthiest vessel for God that I can be. And and if some of y'all remember, because some of y'all look close enough and y'all remember things close enough, the last time I wore this suit, I couldn't button the button. I know some of y'all remember that. But I ask you to pray for me, that I will be diligent in my body and my temple maintenance. And uh, on yesterday, I rode Jay for 11 miles on on the bike. And, And while I feel good, my hind parts don't feel so good. And, 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 I want y'all to pray for me, David. Uh, but I'm down about five or seven pounds. And, um, and, and I'm trying to stay with it, Jalen. Although Jalen haven't given me my workout yet. Uh, uh, Tamika is, is working with me. She done gave me a little something, but Jalen, you know, I asked you a long time ago. And, and y'all hear him say, I got you. If you got me, I show hate when you get me. <laughs> but seriously, I want you to continue to pray for me. And I want to encourage all of you. Listen, I'm serious, sir. I want to encourage all of you to be the best you you can be. Pay more attention to your health. You know, I know, I know we like ham hocks. Because I sure know how to cook them. I know we like that kind of stuff. And I'm not telling you to stop eating it, but just slow down. Moderation. Add some greens with it. You know, some some raw greens and carrots. And, uh But seriously, I'm serious, church. I just don't want to minister to your spirit. I want to minister to your whole man. Uh So let's be more conscious. And uh, we need to get Tamika and um, Jalen. We need to get a temple maintenance ministry going here. Uh, well, we come down here and downstairs and do some stuff together. Work out a little bit. So y'all think about that if you look in the mirror, some of y'all know I ain't telling the story. Psalms 27. Psalms 27. Psalms 27. Look with me at verse 11 through 14. Listen to who David is appealing to. Listen to his heart. Sierra, remember I told you to hold on to a word that you spoke in Sunday school. Teach me thy way, O Lord. You got to ask the right person the right questions. Yeah, Come on sister Claire, help me. You got to ask the right person Amen. the right question. Teach me thy way, O oh Lord, and lead me, ooh, I see some preaching in here. Lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Yeah. You know your greatest enemy is your inner me. Right. Oh, Deliver me not over unto the will of my enemy. In- your enemy's got a will for you. They already got a plan for you. For false witnesses. Oh, anybody in here got any haters? For false witnesses are risen up against me. And such as breathe out quick. Folk are always always threatening you. I had fainted. Unless I had believed. To see. The goodness of the Lord. In this very exuberant land. The land of the living. Listen to what David says. Wait. On the Lord. Be. Of good courage. And he shall strengthen. heart, Wait, I say, on the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of Almighty God. Y'all help me preach this thing today. Don't panic. God got this. Don't panic. God got this. Beloved family of God, we are living in the time of crisis. Law enforcement can tell you that, Tony, say amen. We are living in the time of crisis. There is trouble and difficulty in many of our institutions and establishments. From the home, to the school, even to the church house, and Lord have mercy in our government. None of our life indicators are giving positive signals, Jalen, of brighter days ahead. When you look in the home, the home is in such a destructive state. It doesn't tell you that things are getting better. I wish I was talking to some real people in here. Some of y'all was arguing before you came to church this morning. Some of y'all probably was arguing in the car. And some of you had, had to get yourself together before you walked in the door. Nothing in our homes today indicate that things are getting any better. I wish I had some weapon here. When we look on our jobs, as I listen to the hearts of my dear students this morning, one of our students who talks about unfairness on her job, how others are being paid more than she's being paid, but yet she's called upon to do more than they're doing, and even even tries on her own to volunteer to do more, but's not paid equally. Look at the women's right; many women doing the same job as a man is doing, working the same hours as he work, working hard as he and they still are not compensated for the same amount that he... I wish I had some sisters in here. All I'm trying to tell you, when you look in different institutions in this world, you will think that things will not get better. Even in the Lord's house, Folk that come every Sunday and hear the preaching of truth, comes every Wednesday and hear preaching of truth, still not changing their lives or doing anything better today than they were yesterday and look like they ain't got no better hope for tomorrow. When you look in the institutions of today, it seems like things are not getting better. A natural reaction. I said a natural reaction would be to panic and react in a fearful and in a desperate way. Anybody here ever been desperate? Come on now, I'm not asking you to tell me what you did, but I'm asking you to be honest with me. Anybody have ever been desperate? Anybody ever found themselves doing some things that they said they wouldn't do but because of the stresses and strains of life you end up making decisions doing stuff that you wish you had not done regret what you do all because you felt fearful desperate and depressed. Well in our text David reveals his apprehension and his anxiety. Some of us sitting here today need to learn how to undress ourselves in the presence of Almighty God and reveal our anxiety and reveal our apprehension. But the reason we discovered Wednesday night why some of us don't reveal our apprehension is because we are apprehensive of revealing ourselves because you ain't acting like the Christian you ought to be. I think I will, friends. I think I will. David reveals his apprehension and his anxiety concerning destructive powers and personal enemies. Anybody here got any enemies? Okay, maybe you ain't got no enemies. Anybody here got any frenemies? Folk that hang with you. Folk that's always in your face. Folk that's always riding in your car. Folk that show up at your house. They always want to be at the scene with you. But you know they really don't like you. They really hate you. In our text, David reveals this. His, int- his attention was drawn to the brazen conspirators who anxiously awaited To seal his doom. I need you to get yourself together mentally church. And understand. Get the chip off your shoulder. Put on your big boy and big girl underwear. Get yourself together and stop having a pity party. And realize and understand that Satan's job is to renounce your doom. Stop walking around and they acting like you're the only person this happened to. Satan got a job. And from the beginning of time, he's been on his job. Can I tell you another thing? And he ain't late either. In verse number 12, he asks for protection against those who lurk in the dark shadows. To overtake and destroy him. I need you to understand church. If you want to be prepared and ready for your frenemies. You're going to have to learn how to increase and secure your prayer life. You need to understand coming to church and having a prayer, first prayer, uh, before uh, after scripture. It's not going to be enough for you to be prepared for life. You need to understand having or hearing the prayer over the Lord's communion. It's not enough for you to be prepared for Satan and all of his attacks. Having the benediction pronounced over your life before you leave this sacred place, is not enough to prepare you for the war that's going on in the world. And can I remind you, it's not just in the world, but it's going on in your life. The very greatest war that you will ever fight is not the war that you meet on Monday at your boss's place. It's not the war that you meet even in your home domestically. The greatest war that you will ever fight. Fight in your life. It will be in your very mind, in the dark angles of your thinking and existence. You might not want to admit, but you have made all the bad choices you made in your life because of the war that's going on in your mind. Paul said, the chief apostle. Paul said, "That which I would not do, I find myself doing." He said, "That which I." I find myself doing what is it Paul? He said I look within and I find two laws I look within and I find two lords the flesh against the spirit and how many of you know this morning that the one you feed the most is going to be the strongest the one you feed the most is going to be the fastest the one you feed the most is going to be the healthiest so if you keep feed in your flesh, it will always overtake your spirit. So the question is, what are you going to feed? I tell you this morning, you need to learn how to feed your faith and starve your doubts. He admits that he almost panicked. I said he admits that he almost panicked. It's alright to get to almost. I said it's alright to get to almost. Because if you had almost, you still got some hope. He said he almost panicked when his enemies approached him with their threats and intimidations. His victory came as a result of the things that he did not do. And the afflictions our actions, excuse me, that he did not take. He waited on the Lord. I said he waited on the Lord. I can imagine David being a strong and powerful warrior. I can imagine, Joel, that he wanted to draw his sword. I can imagine he wanted to take up his spear. I can imagine he wanted to go full force. I imagine in our day and time, he might have wanted to put his hand on his hip and let his backbone slip and tell them a piece of their mind. That's why some of us are half crazy now. Because we don't Gave away peace of our mind bit by, by bitch. Bit. But the Bible said David almost, but it didn't. What did you do, David? I waited on the Lord. He said I waited on the Lord Times got hard, but I waited on the Lord. Times got dreary, but I waited on the Lord. Days got dark, but I waited on the Lord. Nights got long, but I waited on the Lord. Bills got high, but I waited on the Lord. Health began to fail me, but I waited on the Lord. Wasn't treating the right on my job, but I waited on the Lord. Family and friends talked about me like a dog, but I waited on the Lord. Church folk did me wrong, but I waited. I wish I had some help on the Lord. My old family don't understand me, but I'm still waiting on the Lord. Haven't got the raise I deserve, but I'm still waiting on the Lord. Friends have been few, but I'm still waiting on the on the Lord. Can't see like I used to see, but I'm still waiting on the Lord. Can't run like I used to run, but I'm still waiting on the Lord. I've almost lost everything. I've lost my hair, lost my sight, I've lost my teeth, but I'm still, I wish I had some help. I even lost some of my weave, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting on the Lord. You need to learn that when you're up against the this. you need to sometimes stand still and just wait. Yes, yeah. I wish I had two real Christians I had to look at somebody and tell them you need to learn how to wait, to how to wait. On, the on the Lord. Don't the panic. Lord. You need to wait. Oh you need to wait oh on the Lord. He waited upon the Lord. He did not panic. Church. God strengthened. Let me say this real carefully. God strengthened his heart. Not E.N.J. Okay, some of y'all don't know about that name. Not and Jerk, but God strengthened his heart. Not Vodka, but God. Help me, Jesus, strengthen his heart but God all right, all right. not Hennessy all right, all right. but God not the strawberry daiquiri right. but God come on somebody help me what's the more out there somebody said they don't know that's a lie you might not drink it but you know not Miller's lights but God not gin and I knew you knew it, I knew it. But God. Not Advil, but God. Not an aspirin a day, low dose, 80 milligrams, but God. I wish I had some help with you. Not high blood pressure and motor P, not, but God. It was God that strengthened David Hart. Not because he stopped eating red meat, but God. Not because he ate fish instead of beef, but God. I'm telling you, it was God that strengthened his heart. Not his girlfriend, not his boo thing, not his vanilla drop or uh, chocolate swirl. It was God. CP, let us learn from the courageous warrior in our times of spiritual war. We need to learn how to don't panic. Because God's got this. Turn to somebody and tell them God's got this. Come to tell you whatever your this is, you need to understand God got it. Satan, often times, uses threats. We learned this in Sister Clara's presentation. Many times uses threats and intimidation to force Christians into a panic situation. He knows, I said he knows that if you panic, watch this, you then react in a manner so that you lose your self-control. He knows that when saints panic, they override their wisdom. Uh And even their common sense, Linda, and responds before reasoning things out. We jump before we look. I'm to tell you, don't panic. God got this. And then there's some of us who are worried about the wrong thing. I said worrying about the wrong thing. Don't spend your time attempting to predict when Jesus is going to return. In other words, I'm tired of hearing people say, I'm going to come to church, but I got to get myself together. I want to get myself Honey, you don't know when the Lord is coming. All right. yeah. Yeah. Many have panicked because they become victim to soothsayers and false prophets and fortune tellers as they yearn for the end time information. Now child, when do you think, you, honey, listen, you don't worry about when, you need to be ready for when. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Many books have been written and prophesied. Giving, supposedly alerting, and alerting the church to the fast approaching rapture of the church. I come to tell you, instead of alerting and informing us, they have caused many to panic with apprehension. Paul warned the church at Thessalonica, that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, in verse number 2, listen to Paul. Paul says that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letters as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. I come to tell you, you need not to panic. About Jesus coming back. And you need not to panic. About the realness of hell. But what you need to do is spend your time. Not panicking. But spend your time preparing. See, when you're prepared for something, you don't care when it comes. When you're prepared for something, you're not worried about when it appears. When you're set on goal, and you're set already, it's like telling the devil, come with what you got. Any of us ever been in a fight? I'm talking, you ain't got to tell who it was, and you ain't got to tell when it was. I just want to know, have you ever been in a fight? Have you ever got to your enemy, and your enemy came face to face with you? And they trying to talk bad and walk bad and look bad, but you already know because you don't already sized them up. You already know the last person that whooped them, and you remember that you whooped them, and so you ain't worried about nothing. And you stand flat foot and say, "Come on with what you got, what you wanna do, what you wanna do. You y'all know what y'all do, how you do it, what you wanna do, With your bad self. And then and then you get enough in you, and you not had enough. I'm talking about when you come to the end. Your room. I ain't talking about that at the beginning. Jay, I'm talking about when they've gotten on your last nerve. You not only get to talking about what you're going to do, but when they get on your last nerve, Tony, you make the first steal. Okay, okay, see so y'all don't want to be real. Y'all don't want to keep it real. <laughs> and Jalen, you throw a punch or well, you throw a punch and if you didn't hit him, it'll throw you to the floor. That's when you're trying to knock the fire out of them. When you are sure in Christ, you don't have to worry about Satan. Do not panic, church, as I come to a close. Don't panic concerning the immorality and decay of our society. I know it looked like everything in our society is just coming to naught. God yet sits on his throne, Central Point. And no matter how much the crime is creeping up in Bloomington Normal, you need to remember and you need to tell your neighbors and friends that God yet sits on his throne and that even though it seemed like, Linda, things are out of control. We know better. Those of us who are baptized, repentant believers, we know that God is still in control. (laughs) That even sound good coming out of my mouth, say. God is... a still in control I need to tell you that don't come from just being on my notes, it's just not falling from my lips but it's coming from way way down inside me because God has proven himself even in times of great immorality, even in time in apostasy there's many so called Church of Christ preachers and leaders and even members who are apostasizing. they are going away from truth, following their own But I come to tell you, he has his time, and God has his way of arresting wickedness and destruction. Don't you worry about that lying, hateful, prejudice, bigoted, Donald Trump that's in the White House. Don't you worry about all of his lies and all of his shenanigans. I don't understand how Bill Cosby is in prison for something 30 years ago when this joker right before he was elected got take about where he put his hands in women clothes. I don't understand that. I don't understand how Art Kelly is being taken from state to state to be criminalized for some of his insignificant or not insignificant, but some of his indiscretions and behavior. But I need to tell you racism is still alive and it is still real. Don't you be dismayed. God has not closed his eyes. God God is not slow. God is not looking the other way. When he gets ready, God is going to have his day. He knows when and he knows where to arrest destruction and wickedness. I come to tell you, CP, don't panic because Psalms 37, 1 and 2 says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. I know you think they did you wrong and I know you think they got away with it but the Bible said don't you worry about evildoers neither be thou envious against workers of iniquity for they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb." That's why I tell you keep your mind to yourself. Don't give nobody a piece of your mind. Keep your hand off of your hip. Keep your backbone straight uh, and understand that when God get ready, He's gonna make a move. When God get ready, He's gonna make a move. And when God moves, uh, there's no Congress uh, that can unmove His doing. When God moves, there's no Senate that can override His decision. When God moves, there's no President veto that can stop His action. When God moves, there's no voting that can Overturn his decision when God get good ready and when He get tired, He's gonna move. And when He makes a decision, every everything will be all right. How I wish I was talking to the right church. How many we know that He is the great equalizer? It doesn't matter what side of the track you come from. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter what your pedigree is. It doesn't matter what school you attended. It it doesn't matter what fraternity you are a member of. It doesn't matter what sorority you are a member of. When God steps in, everything will be equalized. I said everything. Everything will be equalized. Wrong is wrong. I don't care who you are. Let us remain true to position. As God has called us to be called out people. Let us not panic, CP. Because but the because the Bible said, But ye are a chosen generation. Turn to somebody and ask them, Do you know who you are? Come on, ask somebody like you really mean it. Do you know who you are? Now I dare you to look at him and say, act like it. Paul said, You are a chosen generation. Peter says, You are a Royal Priesthood, Peter says that you are a holy nation. Right. Holy is not some mysterious people or Greek word. it's just means of God. Right. You are a peculiar or a spe- not strange, but a special people right. that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness, into the marvelous light, I think you miss your shelter. Who have called you that you should show forth praises of Him? That's why I don't let nobody tell me you don't need to do all that in church. I don't need nobody to tell me it don't take all of that the great apostle says because of what God has done for you, you ought to show some sign. If God has been good to you, you ought to show some sign. If God has put health in your body, you ought to show some sign. If God put food on your table, you ought to show some sign. If God put clothes on your back, you ought to show some sign. If God put, put some shoes on your feet, you ought to Show some sign if God puts a moon in your feet. You ought to show some sign if you might not be a millionaire, but if you can pay your bills, you ought to show some sign. You might have lost your house, but you still got a roof over your head. You ought to show some sign. You might not be driving a Cadillac, BMW, or Mercedes, but if you got a roof there that gets you from point A to point B, you ought to show some sign. I tell you, God is more than able to handle your situation. So sit back. Don't panic. God's got this. I say, God, got this. I say, God, got this. We ought to lift him up in praise. Let us not hang our heads today in defeat. I said, don't hang your head in defeat. You need to understand the difference between a battle and a war. So you need to understand the difference between a battle and a war. See, there's many battles, but one war. And every now and again, God may allow you to lose a battle. But if you're still living, you're still in the war. Oh, Jesus. Listen to first John 4 and 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have not will be. But have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you, oh I feel like preaching, than he that is in the world. Some of us um, can't go forward because we don't realize who's on the inside. Some of us uh, can't climb the mountain because we don't realize who's on the inside. Some of us can't cross our red seas. Because we don't realize... Who's on the inside? I told y'all about this story, but this is a good place to put it again. Cause some of y'all don't forgot about it. But there's a little boy and his father going to a, a, a fair. They were on the fairgrounds and he went to one of the game booths and the little boy began to hit the dummy. Every time he hit the blow up dummy, the dummy went down, but it came back up. He wound up and he gave him another punch. He went down, but it came back up. Up. He said, Daddy, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to give him my best shot. He wound it up and gave him a Popeye's punch. You know what a Popeye punch is, don't you? He gave him it all in might. The dummy was way down, but it came back up. He said, Daddy, I don't know what's going on. I gave it all I could. But Daddy said, Son, you got to realize there's something on the inside of the dummy that caused him to get up every time. Some of you think you're so small. You think you're all that in a bag of chips. You think you're a two piece from Popeyes with a a pepper on the side and a great pop. But I came to tell you, you better learn how to be a spiritual dummy. I'd rather be a spiritual dummy any day than to be something in your eyesight. Because the spiritual dummy got something on, uh, okay, okay. He got something on the inside that every time life sends him down, he stands back up. It ain't of yourself. It's not by your own power, but it's because of what God has put on the inside of you. Don't panic. God got this. Why should we panic? It never solved any problem. Have you noticed that? Worrying never solves any problem. It creates problems. It makes them larger than they really are. Panicking usually will cause you to forget your available resource and strength. I said panicking will often make you forget your resources and available strength. As a Christian, you got access to the greatest power source that's above all problems. Can I tell you something? I've learned not only by scripture. An example of scripture but I've learned in my own life is when we stand still, Jay, when we, when we, when we stand our souls still, we're able to hear God. And one of the scriptures I'm going to leave with you that I hear God say is 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. For he says, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect. In your weakness. You know what God is simply saying? He's simply saying, it's not till you get to the place where you are just weaker than water that my strength can be made seen in your situation. You need to learn how to draw from the right power source. See, Oprah Winfrey ain't thinking about you and she can't help you. Dr. Field, I understand now, he's finally not admitted about this divorce he's going through. He can't help you. Now, he's sitting on the stage for how many years telling people about their marriage? Your doctor can't save your life. Not when God get ready for you. You know why we shouldn't panic? Cause God doesn't panic. We need to learn how to live a life of peace and assurance. I'm going to my seat. You see, He has given the Christian the means and the resources to overcome adversity. Our hearts and our minds must not be troubled because God cares. When man says no, God still has the power to say yes. I told my daughter just the other day, this is real life. I told my daughter just the other day, she's concerned and a little upset about some jobs that she's been looked over. She has all the qualifications. She's had some masters. She's in the doctorate program. And I tell her, Mia, you better understand, honey, how to put God in the equation. Now, let me help you understand when God is in the equation. When you have done all you are supposed to do and when you are fully qualified to obtain or get whatever you seek but yet man says no. You need to understand it might not be man. It may be God in the equation keeping you from getting something that you really don't need. Okay now let me help you see this real good. Now, I'm make some of y'all mad but you know I don't care. Look, that thing may help you pay your bills better. It may help you take better vacations. It may even help you put a little extra money in the bank. But guess what else it might do? It might send you to hell. You know what David prayed? I'm going to close. You know what David prayed? David prayed, Lord, don't make me too rich that I'll forget you. But don't make me too poor. That i steal from you. The reason why God keeps some things from us. Because he know already you struggling to be faithful already. And you ain't got nothing. He know if he give you what you ask him for. He ain't going to ever see you. When our doctors have done all they can do. I remember the words of Isaiah 53 and 5, Jay. With his stripes, we are healed. When your bills are high and your finances are low, don't panic. God got this. Because I still hear Paul say, God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and in his by his glorious Son Jesus Christ, Philippians four nineteen. When you find your friends, when you find your find that your friends have abandoned you, don't panic. Because the wise man Solomon says in Proverbs eighteen twenty four, there is a friend that's it closer. Help me now, Spence, than a brother. Never panic. For help is just a prayer way. As I go to my seat, many communities practice disaster drills under the direction of a crisis manager. So when the actual calamity comes, there will be no panic. And we should let Jesus today, church. We should allow Jesus to be our crisis manager. David stopped fainting and panicking when he turned to the Lord. This poor man cried, And the Bible said the Lord heard his cry and saved him out of his troubles. Psalms 34 and verse number 6. Let us be like unto David and call on the one who is more than able to deliver us out of our trouble. I'll leave you with this one to go on. God has promised. How many of you know you can trust God at His promise? Hebrew writer says, Hebrews 6 and 18, by two immutable things, two unchangeable things, God cannot lie. And that is, those two things is that he gave his promise and he sealed it with an oath. Hebrews 13 and 5. Here's one to grow on church. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Turn to somebody and tell them, you can trust God. Come on, tell somebody else like you mean it. You can trust God. When things get hard, when things get tough, when the road gets long, the night gets dark, the mountain seems so high, you need to know that you can trust God. When friends and family have left you, let you down, the cleanup woman has come and got your man. When Johnny has got your girl and gone, you need to understand, you can still trust God. Come on, tell somebody, don't panic. God got this. You need to tell that to somebody this week. Tell them, calm down. Give yourself to God. And know that he got this. If you're here today and you need to be saved from your sins, you cannot pray your way into salvation. Now, I know there's a lot of television evangelists teach that. But have you noticed they never give you any Bible for that? You see, confession is unto salvation. It's unto salvation. You can come unto the pool, but until you jump in, you ain't in the water. You can come to the table until you eat. You're not going to be full. You can come to the well, but until you drink, you will not be filled. Baptism. Paul said in Galatians 3.27. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Why must you be baptized? To get into Christ. Why is it so important to be in Christ? Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 10, Paul declares that salvation is in Christ Jesus. Now, what does it mean to be in Christ? It does not mean his physical body because he left that body in the grave. So it must be his spiritual body. What is his spiritual body? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22 and 23. Have made him to be head over all things unto the church, which is his body. So you must be baptized into Christ's church. Now, how do you know which church belonged to Christ? Well, everybody's house got their name on it. If you got a house and you got a deed, it's got your name on it. It ain't got my name on it. That's the first sign. If you worked hard and you paid for your house, that's the second sign. Well, the Bible said in Acts 20 28 that he purchased it with his blood. That's how you know you're in the right church. The Bible says, in Colossians 1.18, that he is the head of his body. So if you're in a church and, and they said the founder is a man or woman, that can't be the church of the Bible. Because Christ is the founder of his church. Paul said in Romans 16.16, 16, that the churches of Christ salute you. That'd be your decision. While we stand in right right now, we're going to sing a song to encourage you to come. It's called the invitation song, inviting you to come.